Let's uh, join our hearts together this morning and commit the time to the Lord as we preach from His Word. Father God, we just want to thank You for all the things that You are doing. It is not by power nor by might, but by Your Spirit, says the Lord. So what we have achieved is not because of anything that we are, anything that we have done. It is because of Your presence in our lives, Lord, and You are blessing the work of our hands as we continue to remain faithful to the calling to go and make disciples of all nations. Because this is the promise that you have given to us, that if we follow Matthew 28 and make disciples, your presence will be with us. Father, speak to all of us, I pray, and override what I have prepared so that your people may listen to your voice this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When you go to school, in grammar or in literature, when your teacher asks you if you have understood what you have read or what you are studying, many times your teacher will ask you these questions. That is not the advertisement of CarMax. We be Debo. You know CarMax? We be Debo. We will buy your car even if you do not buy a car from us. We be Debo. That is not. That's not we be Debo. I look at Daddy and Mommy Choco and I'm reminded. Now forgive me of my age. We need to pray for their grandson. Their grandson, Vinny, is afflicted. They found out he has brain tumor. Vinny is the nephew of our sister, Grace Perez. Vinny de las Alas has a brain tumor. So let us pause to pray that our awesome God will give this family yet another miracle. Is that okay? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are in control of all things. We thank you that you are of a God of miracles and that whatever is impossible for man is possible with you. You raised Lazarus from the dead. And all you need to do, Lord, is to command the brain cancer cells to be removed and it will be done. And you say, said, Lord God, that if we have faith as small as a mustard seed, we can command this mountain to be removed and it will be removed. Father, with one heart, Father, we exercise our faith upon you this morning and come to you on behalf of Vinny de las Alas, Lord God. Use this situation, Lord God, to reveal yourself to him. And if it is your will, Lord God, we ask that you heal him supernaturally, even now. But likewise also, Father, we know that sometimes you use human beings, doctors, experts. So, Father, we pray even now that you will guide his doctors to the proper diagnosis 
and the proper way to deal with this cancer. Father, nothing shall be impossible with you. And we lift Vinny up to you. We lift this family up to you, Lord God. May you be glorified in this situation, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. What do those letters represent? We Dibo. Let's take a look. Now this is my message for you this morning. Who, what, when, where, how, why. Anytime and every time you encounter something, you should ask yourself this. Not necessarily in this order. But you ask yourself, why are we here? What has transpired in your life that a hundred plus of us would congregate on this part of the world? To come together on a Sunday when you can be sleeping, riding your jet ski, playing golf, whatever it is. Why are we here? This morning, I'd just like to share very briefly our cry, our motto, our slogan. And I would like to share with all of you from Matthew 28, reading from verse 16 to 20. Let's all read. You may, be, you may continue to be seated. It's not a problem. Let's read. But the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. Now remember, Matthew 28 is the end of the gospel according to Matthew. Jesus was publicly portrayed. He was judged. He was lashed. He was nailed to the cross. He died on that cross. And then they buried him. But after three days, just as he had promised, he rose from the dead. And he spent another 40 days walking this earth. And what is the Bible telling us? Verse 16, the 11. Why 11 disciples? Who was the 12th? Judah. Judah. <laughs> gising, gising. She's awake. <laughs> Judas. Judas hanged himself. After betraying Jesus... And wanting to return the 30 pieces of silvers back to the priest, he decided to take his own life. So you have 11 disciples left. What did they do? They proceeded to, the, to, the Gal to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. Now look at verse 17. When they saw him, they worshipped him. Finish it. Oh. I saw you. They nailed you to the cross. I was one who shouted, crucify him, crucify him. I saw you dead, hanging on the cross. I saw you. Your body was pulled down from the cross. 
I saw them when they put you on the tomb, when they rolled that stone. And I was there when the earth shook after three days. The stone was rolled away. The tomb was empty. I see you right in front of me. Some of them worship. But what? Some doubted. They doubted. Is it really you? Did you really die? They told me you just fainted. They told me that you didn't really die. You didn't really resurrect. Because your followers stole your body. And they came up with this story that you had risen from the dead. You see, we laugh. But that is what the high priest told the cohort of Roman guards who were watching his tomb. They already knew that he had foretold that he would rise after three days. So they put a guard. But when the body was no longer there, they reported back to the high priest. And the high priest said, don't tell them. Tell them that his followers stole his body. And if anyone questions you, we'll cover you. We will defend you. You do not have to worry. Some worship. Some doubted. Some of us worship. Some of us continue to doubt. Yes? Yes. Sad truth is, yes. We continue to doubt. He who is raised from the dead cannot fix your car loan, cannot fix your relationship, cannot provide you with an honest living, Come on. Oh, you of little faith. Some worshiped, some doubted. So, what did he do? And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So does he have authority to give you instructions? Yes. yes. He has power over life, over death. He has power to multiply the two pieces of fish and five loaves of bread to feed. How many did we do our math last week? How many? 15, Could be 15,000, 5,000 men, half of whom were married. So that's five plus 2,005, 7,005. Of the married, let's give them about two or three children each. So that's an, another 7,500. Could be, ballpark, 15,000. He has power over that. And he's telling all of these people, those who believe and worship and those who doubt. He say, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And what? Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Who, what, when, where, 
how, why. Who? Who is talking? Jesus Christ. The one who has all authority, both on heaven and on earth. And what is he trying to tell us? What? He is giving us a command. He is giving us instructions. And what is this instruction? Huh? Make disciples. Now what is a disciple? A follower. Someone who has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ evidenced by his willingness to follow the commands of Jesus Christ. The Bible, Jesus Christ never commanded us to make converts. Jesus Christ commanded us to go. As you go, as you go about living your life, go and make disciples. Matetes, a follower, a learner. Go and make disciples. Where? Where? Show them the verse, brother. Where? Where is the verse? <laughs> Where? Oh, all nations. That's why we have Riyadh, we have Australia, New Zealand, Jeddah, Canada. Canada, I think four or five already. We got an email from Norway. Rara, sister text. Judas! Malakas din, okay lang. See, we're good. There's a D group being formed in Virginia, even by telecommute. Just by FaceTime. Why? Go and make disciples of all nations. Now, where should I start? It's right there. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Where does your nation start? Where? Where? Every member a discipler. Every family a discipleship group. Two questions you have to ask yourself. Am I a discipler? Which would mean, am I being discipled? Second, every family, a D group, a discipleship group. Are you discipling your family? Go and make disciples. Okay, no problem, Pastor Inso. I will go. I will go to Riyadh. Because their preaching is video. You know you are blessed. I was crying in front here. Because we many times, we do not know how blessed we are. That we can come together. And we can laugh together and share with one another. And you have live preaching. I don't know only if you are blessed or not. Maybe you would rather have video with Pastor Bong or Pastor Peter. But guess what? What they share is also from the Word of God. 
and what we share here from the pulpit is also the word of God. But we are blessed. Go and make disciples of all nations. And I should begin with my own family. That's why we have this. I said, actively listen to my family before I comment. That's me. I don't know what you put there. I don't sneak into the worship hall when you have all go home. I said, oh, si Kwan pala, huh? I don't do that. Uy, handwriting ni Kwan to. Oh, ito, maliit si Kwan ito. I don't do that. Why? This is between you and God. I have no business reading what is here. My role is to encourage you. Are you following up on your commitment? Go and make disciples of all nations. Last week, what did we have? Baptism. Why? Do you see it is there? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we had the baptism last week. Zar, are you here? There he is. What is God telling us to do? He's giving us a command. And what is that command? Go and make disciples. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. I'm going to put Chino on the spot again. Huh? Chino, what is the gospel? That? Naka. Jesus Christ. We, we will review, we will review. <laughs> we will review. The gospel is simply that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and on the third day he rose again according to the scriptures. The scriptures already foretold about Jesus Christ, yet those who were with him, some worshipped, yet some doubted. So Jesus Christ has to re-emphasize all authority has been given to me, both in heaven and on earth. Therefore, you go and you make disciples. I'm going back to daddy. You will be left here and you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, and even the farthest ends of the earth. Who is that you? We. So when you read this, when you read Matthew 28, who is Jesus Christ telling to go and make disciples? Ah, si Pastor Insong, and si Pastor Danny, and oo, Pastor Peter. Can you read it? Who is Jesus Christ telling to go and make disciples? Us. All of us. Every member a discipler, every family a D-group. In obedience to what Jesus Christ is commanding us to do. Who? Jesus Christ. What? Make disciples. When? When are you going to start? Now. The Bible is replete. Many verses. When to start? Train up a child while he is young. So that when he is old, he will not depart from it. But what do we do? I too small will not understand. Later na. 
And then when later comes, ay, hardhead na. Too late na. Delayed, ob- obe- delayed obedience is what? Lakas pa rin. Right? Delayed obedience is disobedience. Let's cut to the chase. Let's not play around with the gray area. What is black and white? Delayed obedience is disobedience. Go and make disciples of all nations. How? How do we prove that these people have come to faith in Christ? Let's challenge them to make a public declaration of their inward faith in Christ through go to the waters of baptism. And how will we baptize them? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. My friend, you will not find the word Trinity in the Bible. It's not there. But the Bible explains to us that there is a thing called Trinity. When Jesus Christ himself was baptized, he arose from the water and a voice from heaven spoke, This is my beloved Son whom I love. In him I am well pleased. And the Holy Spirit as a dove descended and stayed upon his shoulder. The Son who was baptized, the voice from heaven who introduced himself as the Father because he referred to this person as the Son and the Holy Spirit coming down. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then, Pastor, what are we going to do? Teach them. Does it end there? No. Teach them to observe. Teach them to obey all that I have commanded you. What are we going to teach? The Bible. What about the Bible are we going to teach them? We are going to teach them to obey everything. Because when you obey, 99.9% of the time, guess what? You are still disobeying God 0.01%. Yes or no? Yes. So the, the command to us is to make disciples by teaching them to obey all that God has commanded. You know, Jesus Christ teaches us, instructs us, commands us to go make disciples. Yes? He also instructs us to teach them to obey everything. Yes? Now, Jesus Christ is a master teacher. He has many, many ways of teaching. Many, many ways. He will give sermons, direct sermons. He would teach them in parables. In Luke chapter 5, 36. In Luke chapter 6, 39. In Luke chapter 12, 16. In Luke chapter 18, verse 1. In Luke chapter 21, verse 29. And Jesus told them a parable. And Jesus told them a parable. And Jesus told them a parable. A parable is a story about everyday life with a spiritual meaning. He used parables to teach. In the feeding of the 5,000, when his disciples went to him, he said, Master, there are so many. We have to let them go home. 
nobody's going to feed them. What did Jesus Christ do? As a good teacher, He said, you give them something to eat. What did Jesus Christ do? He gave them the opportunity. As a good mentor, here's the opportunity. Take it. We cannot. We only have this little boy who has two fish and five loaves of bread. Bring them to me. Another lesson. Right? Last week, he taught them another lesson. How? You go into the boat. You go ahead of me. He didn't tell them that he was going to allow a storm to come in. Why? Because they did not learn the lesson of the feeding of the 5,000. Because their hearts were darkened. So Jesus Christ teaches them by putting them into situations that would stretch their faith. And who was the only one who was bold enough? Lord, if that is indeed you, command me to walk on the water. It is I. Come. Oh, Peter walks on water. But the moment his eyes look at the storm, he began to sink. Lesson. Jesus Christ would teach in a multitude like this. And then sometimes just to the twelve. Sometimes just to the three. Sometimes one on one. Get thee behind me, Satan. Or before he went back to heaven, Peter, will you feed my sheep? Peter, do you love me? Will you feed my sheep? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Peter, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Peter was already complaining because God, Jesus has asked him already twice. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then feed my sheep. Sometimes one-on-one, -on -one, sometimes direct rebuke. But many times, Jesus taught most effectively by modeling. In Chino, we discussed when Jesus chose the twelve, he prayed overnight. He chose the 12. And he chose the 12 to be with him. Now in Matthew 28, verse 20, look. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. If you want Jesus Christ to be involved in what you are doing, my friends, I submit to you. You must be engaged in what he has commanded you to do, which is to go and make disciples. Because he has promised his presence. If this is what you are going to do for him, he promised he will be there with you. How long? Even until the end of the age. You have no more opportunity to disciple people when you are already in heaven. Guess what? By the time you're already dead, and by the time all the people in heaven already have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So who are you going to share the gospel with? Jesus? Jesus, have you come to a point in your spiritual life <laughs> that you know that when you die, you will go to heaven? You know, John chapter 3 
The time to act is now. The person to change is yourself. The commands of Jesus are the ones that we should follow. But we like to do many, 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 many other things. And disregard, make disciples. Bahala na si Pastor Inzong dyan. The pastors will take care of that. Just send them to elevate. Have Pastor Inzong talk to them. Hello, do you see that in the passage? Who? You. You should do it. Now how? Teaching them. How? How, ah? How? Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 9. These words I am commanding to you today shall be on your heart. Hindi nakalagay on your pastor's heart. Should be on your heart. Okay? So it, first it begins with me. Right? Shall be on your heart. Now what do you do? You shall teach them. Teach them diligently to your sons. Talk to them when you sit on your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign of your hand. They shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. What are you supposed to do? Teach. Proactive. You have to take the initiative to teach. Sit down. I want to tell you something. I want to teach you something. Direct approach. What else? Teach them diligently. So when did you last have a discipleship meeting with your family, Pastor? Uh, graduation ni team yun eh. 2011. Is that being diligent? Diligent means constant in effort to accomplish something. Attentive, attentive and persistence in doing anything. So it's not, okay, uh, anak, uh, can you please read the John 3.16? Huh? Okay, what does it say? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that whomsoever believes in him will, have, will never perish but have eternal life. Okay? God loves you, anak. Okay? Okay. Go to bed now. Is that teaching them diligently? I guess it's not, huh? Because we laugh. But many times, that's how we do it. Ah, check mark. Check mark. Nag-read kami ng Bible. Check. Nag-pray kami. Check. Teach them diligently. How? Talk. Talk to them. When? Who, what, when? Okay, that's the topic, right? When? When you sit, when you walk, when you lie down, when you rise up. You like to play golf? Teach your children to play golf. Why? Because when you're playing golf, you know, you get to talk. So how's school? Oh, why? Really? You don't like your teacher? Why? Because she takes away my recess. Oh, why? <laughs> because I don't finish my homework. Ah... So your teacher is pulling you reassess time because it is a consequence of your disobedience to her assignment. When you talk, video chat, 
FaceTime, uh, Viber, Skype. CCF Japan was started by Skype. Now they are bigger than us, three times more than us. 300 plus. Diligence. We have a pastor, Joey Hieronimo, who is in charge of international Skypeship. Discipleship by Skype. Discipleship by technology. Why? Because we want to follow the Great Commission. Because the one who has all power told us, this is what I want you to be doing. And I'm going to be involved with that. If you're going to follow. When you sit, when you walk, when you lie down. How, how obvious. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Why? Why did Moses command the people to do this? Why? Because in Deuteronomy chapter 6, 1 and 2. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you that you might do them in the land you are going to possess it. So that you and your son and your grandson might fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you all the days of your life. Why? That your days may be prolonged. God always has a good purpose for your life. Don't doubt him. They worship him, but some doubted. God's instructions are for our good. They are not meant to restrict us. They are supposed to free us up to experience him. How? Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is noble, honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if any worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things that you have learned and received and have heard and have seen in me, Paul writes, practice these things. And what will be the result? And the God of peace will be with you. If you read that whole section in Philippians chapter 4, the previous one is, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. The peace of God is there. But here, whom do you have? The God of peace. Wow. I have the peace of God and I have the God of peace. Wow. But how? How? He said, the things that you have learned, which means that I have taught them and received which means that I had passed it on to them and they accepted it. And then what? How did I do it? I taught them by word. 
And I also taught them by my life, by showing them, have you seen in me? You see all of these learning mechanisms going on here? Learning, receiving, hearing, and seeing. How do we teach them to obey all things? Colossians 1.28, we proclaim him, Jesus Christ, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. Oh, I don't like to attend my day group. Oh, why? They keep on admonishing me. They keep on telling me I have to improve on this area and that area. Oh, class in day group, yeah? I thought it was just, you know, having fellowship, eating, good food. And then they tell me, Oi, your wife told me, you're very unloving. Chismoso! Huh? <laughs> How will you learn? How will I know that I have blind spot if you don't tell me? And I repeat it in front of all of you again. You have the right to call my attention. Even if I stand here as one of your pastors, I am not perfect. So you have the right to call my attention. Pastor, that was wrong. The other Sunday I preached. Pastor, uh, wrong chapter. I oh, No problem. I'm not perfect. Even Pastor Peter is not perfect. We call his attention. When we are a lot smaller. Oh, how can I improve? Uh, Pastor Peter, can you please not erase your face in the middle of the worship service? What do you mean? What do you mean erase your face? Pastor, I'm leading singing. Huh? I'm leading singing. And then you hear something wrong. You're there in front of me. <laughs> Pastor Peter, can you just wait? You know, after the service, then we can discuss. But do not erase your face right in the middle of the worship service. It affects us, you know. So we call his attention. And then how can I improve? You know, when I was already full-time, we have 360. You know, 360 in the corporate world, you have 360 analysis. Okay, he will send a confidential uh, evaluation to my family. He will send a confidential evaluation to my peers. He will send a confidential evaluation to my subordinates. And then he will call me to his office. Oh, and so, doing good, huh? Doing good. But at the end, he will ask, in song, how can I improve? This is the senior pastor. How can I improve? <laughs> uh, of course, you have to put on the correct face. Uh, you know, Pastor Peter. <laughs> really? There's nothing much to improve. But, <laughs> eto na. But, you know, when we make decisions in Manila, it takes a while for these instructions to filter down to all the satellites. Okay? But if you make a decision over here, and that has not yet been absorbed in the remotest satellite, and then you change by the time that second instruction comes, they have not yet first absorbed the first one, 
and here comes the second. So that's why they call us Change, Change Fellowship. Because they keep on changing. CCF, Change, Change Fellowship. Pastor Peter, pasensya na. See? But we have the right to admonish each other. And it works both ways. If you are calling the attention of someone to his or her Christ-likeness, they have the right to also call your Christ-likeness. It cannot be that I, I have the badge, I am the chief admonisher. Psst. Sleeping, eating, not paying your tithe. No, it works both ways. It works both ways. And what is the purpose of admonition? That we may present every man complete in Christ. Paul said, I go through birth pains to see Christ formed in you. It is not nice. I don't like the feeling to call people out just for the sake of calling them out. But to call them out towards Christ's likeness, I would have to do. And you can do that to me as well. How? How about Jesus? We said that he modeled stuff, right? So look, Luke chapter 2. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. When after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. They went to Jerusalem and they were going back. And already three days into the journey, Joseph and Mary noticed that Jesus was not there. Now, some of you purposely want to leave your children in the mall. But Mary and Joseph did not notice. So they went back. And where did they find him? In the temple. And what was he doing in the temple? He was listening. But not only was he listening, he was also asking them questions. Don't just listen. If you need to ask, ask. Because that is the learning process. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. You want to learn? Ask. You want to experience? Obey. And as a result, Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Disciples need to grow. You have to grow. Please do not tell me up to now that your memory verse is still Jesus wept. Have you memorized scripture? Jesus wept. Next year you have a new one. Rejoice! It's even shorter. You have to grow. Now, why don't we grow? Lack of feeding? Lack of exercise or practice? You're not concerned? Never mind. I'm going to heaven anyway. 
Right? So many reasons. But why? Look at Hebrews chapter 4. Concerning him, we had much to say. It is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again of someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. You have come to need milk, not solid food. You measure your spiritual growth by how much you experience God. You should not be satisfied with where you are in your spiritual walk today compared to yesterday, last month, last year, five years ago, or to when the first day that you encountered a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. A lot of you know my wife got born again ahead of me. But as the head of my family, and as instructed by Scripture, I have to double time. Because how can I lead from behind? I have to be more equipped than my wife so that I could lead her from the front, not from behind. I have to grow far more than her because how can I lead her if I don't keep on growing? See, look, the admonition here. By this time, you ought to be teachers. But you're still stuck in the elementary. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. Infants are very cute, right? Cute, you have a baby, it's still very cute. When they are old, nakakatakyut. But solid food is for the mature. Now how does the infant become mature? Look, because of practice, because of application, because of obedience, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Are you still in the milk? Or are you already partaking of solid food? No problem if you're still in the milk, if you got born again yesterday. If you were born again 33 years ago, you were there when CCF first started, right? And you're still in the milk. Maybe this is you. Your ears have become dull. You ought to be teachers. You ought to be disciples. But... You need only solid uh, milk because you cannot take solid food. So what will happen to you? Brethren, I could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as men of flesh, infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not able to receive it. Indeed, even now, you are not yet able, Paul writes. And what is the evidence of their stunted growth? Look at verse 3. You are still fleshly, for since there is jealousy and strife among you, are, not, are you not fleshly and you are not walking? And are you not walking like mere men? We don't grow. Why? 
What's the evidence? I'm still selfish. There is still strife. Paul says, I cannot regard you as spiritual. I can only regard you, another word for fleshly is, I can only regard you as carnal. You say that you are a Christian. You say that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. But the world cannot recognize you as one. Because you're still fleshly. You're still living your life based on your fleshly desires. Crave solid food, Paul exhorts. Paul admonishes. So that we may all grow up in him to the mature man of Christ. And it all begins by following this. I have to build a legacy of godliness. Because first, Second Timothy 2 verse 1 and 2 tells us, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ. I cannot do it on my own. I need the grace of God. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to these faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Teach, model, admonish, train. Do everything and anything possible so that you can encourage and imbibe growth first in your family and in your discipleship group. If we are not doing it, why in the world would my children do it? If we as your pastors are not doing it, why are you members of CCF going to do it? Right? Unless you see me do it, you're not going to do it. Right? So just do it. And do it until you ensure at least four generations of committed followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why Paul in 1 Corinthians said, be imitators of me just as also, just as I also Imitate Christ. He had a model to follow. And he had the, the, the courage to tell people, follow me because I follow Christ. Don't follow me because I am Paul. Follow me, follow me because I follow Christ. And he's telling us, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season or out of season. How? Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. We need the grace of God because there are EGR. You know EGR? No, EGR is a brand of car accessories. You know that brand, uh, very expensive. No, EGR, honestly. EGR, extra grace required. There are people in your D group who will grow faster than others. They will mature faster than others. Now, you have a choice if you're the D group leader. You bring out your whip. Oh, <laughs> you are behind. <laughs> no, what you do? Because you want to come alongside. Brother, sister, what's going on? Can we help you? Seems like you're not growing as, as much as you should. What can we do to help? Because it says with great patience and instruction. It doesn't say patience, period. 
Oh, pagpasensya mo na, bagal lang talaga yan. Pwede. You have to do your part. And when I do my part, God is with me. Even to the end of the age. Why? Why should you do it? Because Romans 8.28 says, And we know, for we know that in all things, God works together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. We should do it. Because if you don't do it, God is going to do something to force you to do it. Huh? I thought Romans 8.28 was the last. <laughs> Sorry, there's 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. God is committed to form you to a discipler and a disciple-producing discipler, whether you like it or else. God will call your attention. God will allow you to get in that boat and allow you to go through the storm because their hearts were hardened. And the Bible is telling us, do not harden your heart today as they did in Meribah. You either accept the word of God and the admonition of the word of God to go and make disciples. Every member a discipler. Every family a d-group. Because if you don't, I am afraid God might allow something in your life to call your attention. To conform you to the image and likeness of His Son. Like Pastor Danny preached before, an artist will see a big rock. You and I will see a big rock, but the artist see a masterpiece inside the rock. Now what does the master artist need to do? Painful, painful, pruning, testing. But in the end, what comes out? You have been refined by fire, pure as gold. It's your choice. Whether you learn the lesson quickly or you learn the lesson very slowly. And what will God conform you to be? Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 8. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but which... Share it with me, those of you who've already memorized this. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Have this of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but humbled himself. And became... Oh, ano? Tuloy! Ay, wala pala. Sorry. Eh. Kala ko, memorize nyo eh. But emptied himself, taking the form of a bond servant and being made in the likeness of man. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death 
on a cross. This cross, my friends, represents the ultimate supreme humility of the person to whom all things, all authority has been given to me, both in heaven and on earth. He went to the cross for you so that you could pass it on, so that you could be a disciple, so that you can disciple others. He modeled it for us. And if we boil it down, two things. Humility and selflessness. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, creator of all that is, went to the cross to give us a model, to give us an example, to assure us that if we follow his command, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that He has commanded. He has promised His presence. Have you come to the cross of Jesus? Have you trusted what Jesus Christ has done for you? Do you have Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior? My friends, you cannot go to heaven apart from what Jesus Christ has already done. And if you're trusting in some things or some, something or someone else to bring you to heaven, then you have just trampled underfoot the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. On the other hand, if you say that you are a follower of Jesus Christ, but you're not engaged in any kind of discipleship, then again, you trample underfoot the commands that the Lord God Himself has given to you to go and make disciples. It's coupled with His assurance that if you follow this, He will be there. He will be the one to bring you people to disciple. He will teach you how to grow these people up in Christ-likeness. But it has to begin with you. He emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And then your disciple will tell you, you know, Brother, sister, this is what you need to do. Ba, hirap niya na. Need I say more? You want to exchange place? Mahirap niya. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. So let's not give each other excuses. We just don't want to do it. Why? Because either we're proud or we're selfish. That's the bottom line. Humble yourselves, therefore, at the mighty hand of God, and in due time, He will lift you up. But you have to get with the program because this is not CCF's program. 
This is the program of Jesus Christ. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded with you. And lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. Who, what, when, where, how, why. Matthew 28 should be right in the middle of all of that. Who is telling me to obey Matthew 28? What is Matthew 28 talking about? How will I follow Matthew 28? Where can I apply it? Why should I apply it? When should I apply it? The time to start is now. The person to change is you. God, we just want to thank you that you modeled for us what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You set the bar and you set it high. You spent your life discipling these 12 and because they were faithful, and because you promised that if they discipled, that you will be with them. This message of salvation has reached us in the 21st century. Thank you for their faithfulness, O oh God. And the cross of your son, Jesus Christ, continues to remain as an invitation to anyone and everyone willing to humble themselves and come at the cross of Jesus Christ and receive salvation. And all we need to do is to confess that we are sinners, that we cannot reach heaven on our own good effort, but that the only way to heaven is through your son, Jesus Christ. And perhaps there are some of you here this morning, just like Peter the apostle who began to sink when he saw the world around him, he cried out to Jesus and said, Lord, save me. Will you cry out to Jesus this morning? And if all your heart can muster is, Lord, save me, know that Jesus understands and Jesus hears. And immediately he will reach out his hand to you and save you. If you are that person, will you just speak to the Lord Jesus Christ this morning? Tell him you need him to save you, and he will. If you are here this morning, and you claim and proclaim that you are the disciple, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, but somehow you have lost your way, and have not understood that to be a disciple of Jesus Christ means that you walk in humility and selflessness. Will you confess your sin of pride and selfishness and appropriate for yourselves what 1 John 1 verse 9 says, that if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness.
Make your own personal commitment to Jesus. But before you do know that he will hold you to it. For he does not delight in fools who make vows and delay in fulfilling it. God, you are hearing the prayers of your people this morning. That's between you and them, Lord God. I'm here just to deliver your word. It is your spirit that moves in our midst that causes conviction in the hearts of men. So that's your department. God, we just want to thank you for showing to us through the example of your one and only son, Jesus Christ, how much you love us. And how we can receive grace upon grace, mercy upon mercy at the foot of the cross of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that those who decide to follow your command to make disciples are assured of your presence and your power. And there is nothing to fear but fear itself. Allow us, Lord, to embrace the challenge of the movement of CCF that every member be a discipler and that every family be a discipleship group. For by this, Lord God, we are able to propagate the message of good news that salvation can be found in Jesus Christ alone. And that as we disciple people beginning with our family, that this gospel will spread throughout this land in anticipation of your return as King of kings and Lord of lords. Be glorified, Lord Jesus, with our lives as we thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen and amen.